Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker podcast for Saturday, April 29th. On this episode, Ben sits down for a one-on-one interview with Jameson, aka the Rogue Engineer, to talk about making, business models, building your own home, and my personal favorite subject, Chris Salamone. So without any further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Take it away, Ben. All right, welcome to our interview section for the weekend show, and I'm here today with Jameson uh, Rance, also known as Rogue Engineer. The Rogue Engineer, yeah, thanks for having me. So, uh, we'll start with that. Why? Uh, what's up with the name, man? So, <laughs> so I've got a. I came from an engineering background. I went to school for aerospace engineering, um, and then I worked for a little while at Gulfstream as a flight test mechanical designer. Um, but when I, I guess the the name came from it because I was kind of spinning off or trying to provide information that not an engineer should not do, like the inner details of how to knock off or build this furniture that is super expensive. And right. I'm just trying to, you know, the rogue engineer gets out of me. Yeah, it's funny. Like, Whenever I hear like rogue engineer, I always think of like an action movie where there's like a rogue Russian scientist is like creating some sort of nuclear weapon to well, destroy. It's, <laughs> it's funny because I had a Google alert set up for a while and it for rogue engineer and I was, I was getting alerts <laughs> for like random stuff, like engineers gone off the charts and done something again it's funny with like sort of starting these kinds of like small media businesses and stuff like no matter how well planned out you are there's always like these things that you didn't think of you're like oh crap like now i'm associated (laughs) with that yeah it's uh it's funny how this works out so how long have you have you gone when did you go rogue like um and leave the the stable confines of a it was a a nine to five yeah so it was a year ago actually uh just just past a year we had our year anniversary on Easter. So, yeah. And what was like the ramp up time before that, before you went like full time? Um, it was probably about two years. Uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, pre- I think that seems like a pretty normal cycle. And just to sort of clarify what we're talking about, it was you, um, but you primarily publish, uh, plans on your website, uh, DIY furniture plans, yes. a lot of sort of construction lumber kind mm-hmm. of projects, uh, really really uh nicely staged photos of like finished very professional looking furniture pieces and then you sort of provide pdf plans and stuff like that on your website and then more recently you're starting to get into youtube Mm -hmm. and the rest of the multimedia sort of stuff so you sort of started for a couple years sort of doing as a side built up enough audience and sort of revenue that you could then sort of switch over exactly and that's when you went rogue. That's right. Yeah. So it was uh, the first year. There was like kind of little to no movement. I've I've always been, or I've always heard there's like the thousand day rule. So right. Yeah. So the, you're going to be essentially. It takes a thousand days to build any real business, and I consider this a business because it is. But the first year, essentially, you're just putting in all the legwork to get the needle moving, and then right. the second year is the big growth and then the third year is well maybe i had that wrong the second year is when you start to really make a move and then the third year is when you see you know good growth and that's what i'm experiencing that was that's pretty similar to me too like that sort of timeline and i think you know uh when people sort of ask me you know oh how should i sort of i want to kind of do what you're doing um you know what advice do you have and i think like the number one thing for me is just it's really 
just patience and being methodical because it's that sort of flying blind part where you're just producing projects and you're not really getting much of a response. Yeah. And that's, I think the part that really separates people. Cause I think that's, that's the hard part. The perseverance is that sort of just keep trusting the process and keep being prolific. And when you don't have much of an audience, you don't really get feedback either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Oh wait, this one was more popular. So you're like, well, this one got like five clicks and this one got six, but that was cause it was my mom. Yeah. Uh, so no, that, that that's that's the tricky part. Once you get that that first traction, or even just like that first sort of like thousand subscribers or so, or followers, or or even web hits or whatever it is, yeah. then you normally okay, you know, you might be onto something here. Yeah, yeah. I always I always would try to think of analogies for like audience size that uh, like would make a what's a small digital audience feel like bigger. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh wait, I have like thousand subscribers on YouTube. That's more people than I went to high school with. That's yeah. like every video I put out is like going to everyone I went to high school with. So it made it seem a little more real. I went to high school with a hundred people. Well, 400 people in the whole school. See, so you already beat that like <laughs> day one. So what are you working on these days? Um, well, so we do it, we're doing, trying to maintain a, an output of furniture plans and building stuff like that. But we've also taken on a couple of other big projects. Um, when we moved to Michigan, or well, when I went full time, we sold our house that we were living in, which was a a big. We had you know we had a big mortgage and all that good stuff, but we sold that house and ended up moving in with my in laws. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are living there with them right now, and we just we bought a house that we're renovating. It's a complete renovation. So, and that was that's always been, kind of been on our bucket list was to right. to renovate a house, and um, so we bought something and completely gutted it, um, redid everything. And we're finishing that up right now. Um, but just recently within the past few weeks, we actually bought a piece of land and we plan to, uh, build not only a barn, but a, our, our dream house more or less, or kind of a, our forever home. Oh, wow. So that's going to be far be the biggest project. Yes. And are you going to, you're going to be the general contractor? I will. So I'll manage the, the work site and, and, hire in subcontractors. The good thing is, is that we moved to Michigan to be near family. And my father-in-law is actually, he has his builder's license and he runs an interior store. So he has mm-hmm. a lot of all those contacts and knows a lot of people in the industry. So are you going to get a, a general contractor's license or are you just going to use his or? I'm just, I think, do you have to have a general contractor's license? I don't know. I think it'll be more of an issue with like, are you doing a construction loan or no. are you just going to self-finance? Might, yeah. So that I think that would probably be the hangup. Uh, you might need it for some sort of inspections, depending on like what area you're at and stuff. But you're you're kind of rural, right? Yeah. So probably less so. But they, yeah, I think they it might be needed for like certain types of insurance, or I know definitely for like financing it, they'd want yeah. the general contractor's license. Um, yeah. If I if I do, and I could see that. But if I do, if it does require that, then I can always use my father-in-law's, which is nice. Hmm. So you're used to sort of producing furniture plans, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone check out the website, rogueengineer.com. Rogueengineer.com. It's uh, R-O-G-U-E, not R-O-U-G-E. That would yes. be Rouge Engineer. <laughs> you're not a lipstick-wearing engineer. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great website. It's a great resource for plans. The plans are really well done. Um, Thank you. Very organized. They look like they were done by an engineer, We've which got, is We're which up is to about a couple hundred plans right couple now. A couple hundred plans. What are the most popular ones? Um, the farmhouse table, farmhouse, yeah, that one's, uh, the dining tables do well. Um, 
I did a playhouse. For yeah, Madison. the playhouse was awesome. A church pew. The church pew has done really well. Really? Yeah, here recently. Oh. And it was funny because it was I, I would have never thought of doing a church pew. Do you think, are people actually building it for a church? No. No, not at it's all. It's just like for like an entryway yeah, bench kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, or out on the porch or something like that. But people are people. I've seen them for mm-hmm. actually dining tables. People will pull it up to the dining table. So you're used to doing that. You're now doing videos that are also really well done. I mean, you're using a, a videographer. Yeah, I, so I got – that is one of those things where I didn't – I put off for so long because I didn't want to invest the time yeah. into the learning curve that goes with creating your own videos and editing and all that stuff. So I've hired on a videographer to, um, and sometimes I'll do the filming and sometimes he'll do the filming if it works out. But he also does the editing for me, which is nice. Oh, wow. He does, a really, nice. he does a really good job. Yeah, it's real clean. And the cool thing about having someone come in and film is that you get, you he can capture a lot of different angles. Um, I can, I'm more efficient, so I can build faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than having to go around and move the camera and think about shots, but also he adds motion to the shots, which right. is cool. It's it's, uh, it's hard it's like to do. Tracking, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of. Do you haven't figured out how to set that up on your drone yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. So the house will be this whole other scale of projects, and yeah. are you going to do that for video content or like how how? Yeah. Because videos are a relatively new thing, so I imagine videos the medium you're going to use for sort of documenting that, or are you going to do exactly. like plans or no, drawings no, or blog posts about that too? Or so that's where I kind of struggle. So as an engineer, I want to detail everything out exactly how it comes together. Right, and that's how I've that's my bread and butter is the plan. So I've always detailed out exactly how to build what I built. Um, that's not going to be possible with this house. So it's it's going to be more of like an overview. Here's the the big steps in in home building, um, and then I'm going to try and capture as much of the content as much as of the the build of the house as possible, and then you know do some informational videos for each step of the process. Maybe an overview of the whole process of. But right. there's a lot of different ways that we can repackage that video content and uh, and share it with the world. I think it's really interesting. I mean, I think this I think building their own building your own house is something a lot of people ha- like daydream about. Yeah. Um but it's also something that's so scary and involves so much of your your financial future that it's a very daunting thing. Yeah. So I think that it would actually be great even if you like I mean, you're going to use subs for subcontractors for like s- some things. Yeah. Like even just how you find and pick them out and interview them and and talk to them I think would be pretty interesting content where, I mean, you could be, where you could recap that in like a sort of, you know, like a real world style where you do like the confessional where you sort of explain yeah. like a video diary, like once a week where you recap, okay, challenges this week. Yeah. Met two electricians, really didn't get a good vibe about this guy, just didn't seem detail oriented, those kind of things. Hopefully um, he doesn't watch but the his, video. Right. But his, his <laughs> quote came in. No, I, I'm, I think it'll be, yeah. I think that's going to like really catapult the video stuff because it's, that's so much production value to to, yeah. to have the timing work out to, and to do one a of, house. One of the things that I plan to do with the house is to be kind of transparent about what's going on and here's the cost associated with this and we're looking and comparing at comparing because I do a lot of stuff myself. Obviously, so right. try and do what we can, um, but sometimes it doesn't make sense right. to do it yourself. Like for instance, drywall. 
Um, I know how to do drywall, but it's going to take me a year to drywall a house, whereas I can get a crew in there and they can knock it out in a couple of days. Yeah. So, yeah, there's an, there's a cost associated with that, but it's definitely yeah, it's well worth, worth it. it. So yeah. that's an easy example. But to see those kind of compare the, the comparisons between all these different jobs, see, I think would be really cool. To see, see. Yeah, and I, and I actually think that, that explaining that thinking of decision-making is actually will be more useful than like actually showing, okay, here's how you mud drywall, right? Yeah. Cause like the, the sort of the, the micro detail of an individual step of building the house that could be shown through a million repair videos and, and other things, but it's for actually building the house, the context of sort of following a whole series. I think the decision-making is what sort of paralyzes people do Which parts do I actually do myself? Where do I, where do I go frugal yeah. on material costs and where do I sort of invest a lot for, for durability? Exactly. It's, it's exciting. I mean, I think, you know, building the place where you're going to live is like, it's, it's like a pretty epic independent statement because it, it's, it's, it's a huge project, but it's also, you get to just tweak everything to the way that you actually like it. Exactly. Now, one of the things I think is interesting that I think you definitely design like an engineer, but I think it's always sort of struck me as uh, kind of uh, funny about some of your, your content. I don't mean that in like a bad way at all, but like, your photos are always like really well staged. Like they're very like not quite Martha Stewartish, but they're yeah. like they're very like Pinterest ready pictures. Well, I can't I can't claim the credit for that. that no, would, you're you're not doing all that. <laughs> no, I would have to say that my wife does help me out quite a bit. Right. So I think that's one of the things that's, that's interesting is that you're you're kind of like style agnostic. Like you're not necessarily being like when you when you build something, you're not being like, oh yeah, this is like my favorite style. This is going to look pair really nice with this like yeah. tablecloth and that stuff. You're kind of just like, cool, I'm going to build a table. This one is what someone told me they like. So I think there's almost, I think that's actually like a huge advantage in a lot of ways because when people are feeling like they're an artist and everything's like a stylistic form of self uh, expression, yeah. it complicates it. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're so prolific. Like you've done 200 designs in a few years. That's like, it's way more prolific than I'm producing for sort of original sort of furniture designs. Yeah. Um, but I think it might be cause you're kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I think there's so, actually you know, yeah. an advantage some ways. So in the, now that you mentioned that I actually just sent something up not too long ago, which, um, I think is, it's a pretty cool feature, um, on the website because, and you probably get this all the time too, yeah. but people are constantly emailing, with ideas, project ideas. You should do this, you should do that, you should build this. Um, and I I think a lot of them are great ideas, but the problem is, you know, I might save that email, but I'd forget to look it up. So I created a feature on the website called, it's just a project submissions tab, where anybody can go on the website and submit a project idea. And it's a picture, you include a picture, a description, and a link if you've got um, oh, wow. to like uh, to where you were inspired from or whatever. So you're like a you're like a karaoke woodworker. You're like, yeah. <laughs> but you're like a jukebox. Put in the hits and I'll and I'll play it. <laughs> and the even better thing is that you can vote on projects. Ah, so like so, the community can sort of say, exactly. hey, we want to see this. So next. you can go on there and you can thumb it up or thumb it down, and you can vote once a day. You go on there, you can submit a project, or you find one that's already doing well that you want to see plans created for it. And then I go in there and I organize it by popularity. I just work from the top down. 
It's funny. It's, yeah, and I think that's why I like talking to you about this kind of stuff because I think we're we're not opposites because we do we have a lot of similarities and stuff. Uh, we both have sort of like professional degree sort of backgrounds that then got into this sort of independent media and making kind of businesses. Yeah. Mine coming more from architecture and yours more from engineering. Funny thing is, I wanted to be an architect when I was a little kid. I think you made good choices. Yeah. <laughs> Almost not, and we ended up in the same place, <laughs> roughly the same place. But it, it's it's funny because for me it's like everything is so design focused, right? Like uh, I almost never take user submissions because it's like so much of the identity for the channel is tied up in what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But I also don't really provide plans all the time. I do sort of like cheat sheets, of like sort of like a sort of drawings and you know cut sheets and stuff like that. But not like a not the meticulous step by steps that you do. But I think that's why you're able to produce so many more designs because you're kind of like, you're like, you have a good like critical distance where you're just like streamlining these things through and just producing these really crisp projects that other people can use. And then you've created this other way on the website to kind of get community involvement so that it keeps changing and it's not always the same types of things. Yeah. But no, I I think that's, I think what's great about that is that, uh, and it's why, you know, right now, actually, uh, we're in Atlanta, uh, at this like, uh, tool convention that's being put on by Home Depot. And so we're actually here with a bunch of other sort of influencers, makers. And what's cool is, is when you see people develop sort of a business model or like a process of being prolific in designing and making that actually fits their personality or sort of like skills, it's like superheroes, you know, you, you all have your own like secret skill set and you want to sort of tailor your business not to be like other people that you admire and you think are awesome but actually just to like best utilize that skill set yeah um well and that's why that was one of the things when i started when i started doing this creating plans and put them on putting them on the website was that i knew that the design process coming from an engineering a design a mechanical designer background um, I knew that that was going to be my unfair advantage. Right. That was going to be my way of, because I can just, I can create models, I can model up and create plans so quickly. By modeling, you mean like 3D modeling? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. What software do you use? I use Katia um, because that was what I used uh, when I was in, um, when I worked for Gulfstream. Yeah. But it is not necessarily. So you're using a really advanced software. It's a very advanced software to model yeah, two by yeah. four. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's that's, quite ridiculous. That's so. like that's yeah, that's like killing a gopher with a bazooka. So you're using this like incredibly sophisticated <laughs> yeah. software to like model like static woodworking joints. Yeah. No, that's that sounds like an engineer. It's like super overkill. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think that's interesting. I mean, I do the same thing. Like. Uh, I'm moving more and more towards Autodesk Fusion now because I think it's like the best platform that's most available to most people. And I'm gonna get and I'm gonna get on board with Autodesk for sure. We should do yeah, we should do like a monthly sort of like Google Hangout where we just do accountability where we keep each other. <laughs> up, hey, what have you modeled with that? Uh, the problem the problem that I have with the software that I use is that it's exclusively on Windows. Oh. So I run Mac. And I have I have to have my Windows computer just and I don't I, I guess I could run parallel and uh, split it up but yeah I don't know yeah Katia is like a super powerful yeah yeah I remember, I remember that back in the day I think yeah in like the early 
2000s, that's what a lot of engineers and architects use to do like really crazy geometries and buildings yeah. and also just do analysis of those of those models. Yeah, they um, you can do some really complex surfacing with it. Could you do like stress tests for your like yeah, two so by they, four uh, stools with them? Yeah, they have an FEA program, but it's not it's not. I mean, it would be more than enough for that. But they, um, surprisingly enough, all, all the stress engineers at Gulfstream mm -hmm. they all did hand calcs. Oh wow! Yeah, they went the old school method. So what where do you sort of get like inspiration from? Like what like it seems like you really like the sort of independence of being your own boss, doing your own thing, working with your hands, yeah. but still thinking strategically and, and using your sort of unfair engineering advantages. But what are the things where you look at like projects and you're like, oh, that's just cool. I want to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like the, the biggest thing for me is going to be like functionality. And I, my favorite, the favorite pieces that I've designed are going to be the stuff that we use on a daily basis or that just gets used mm -hmm. a lot um, because we've all done it. Right. We've designed stuff and you put it in a corner and you never use it again. Right. Or you build something and you know you have to end up giving it away or taking it apart to build something else. Mm -hmm. um, but the stuff that, I mean, one of the first pieces that I made was a, it was a coffee table and it had two, two just giant drawers in the bottom and one was for blankets and one was for kids' toys. And that sucker has gotten so much usage, it's ridiculous. Right. The kids, I mean, every night, the end of the day, put your toys away. They open up that big drawer, everything goes in there, close it up, and it's... I, I actually think that's like a really interesting way to come up with a project idea, too. Whereas you look at a room in your house or home or apartment or whatever that you think is a little bit messy, and then you design like a piece of furniture to accommodate yeah. the things that are kind of left over and don't have like a natural place. Because it's, it's satisfying on two things. One, you get something custom that fits, and then it's also you get like a more organized yeah. uh, a living place that's like less cluttered. Um, so what a, are you using like a full like wood shop kind of setup? Are you using more like kind of rough carpentry tools like me? Or yeah, like what's your, I'm, I'm what's using, your sort of shop situation? I'm using, well, right now, the cool thing is, is that I'm, I'm, since we're in with, since we're living with Jamie's parents, my wife's mm -hmm. parents, um, her dad, this was one of the reasons why we decided to move in there in, in the interim was because he's got this like badass workshop. Mm. Um, it's probably 30 by 30. Oh, wow. And it's really well lit. It's got like 11 or 12 foot ceilings and then it's got an office above that. Mm. So it's a pretty nice workspace. The problem is I don't utilize it as good as I could. Um, I've got a nice big workbench in there, but like you said, um, and my tools that I use, I would say, are more more carpentry type of tools. Right. You're also rigid and Ryobi yeah. sponsored. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, I, and the whole reason for that is, of course, we all know that we could, I could go out and get some really nicer woodworking tools, yeah. but I don't. I just, I my thing is that I don't want to spend eight months building a chair. Right. You know what I mean? I want to, if I need a dining room table or my friends need a dining room table, I want to be able to go out there and, you know, go to the lumber store and build it in a day. Yeah. Finish it the next day and then go back to what I was doing, enjoying life or get right. back to my daily. No, I, and I think that's where this sort of engineering sort of mentality sort of sticks through is this isn't like this sort of dramatic artistic 
journey yeah. for you. I mean, yes, there's parts of sort of self-expression, but it's like you're to the point. Like, yeah. Um, like this is exactly how you do it. Like right. This, this, it's basically this is an IKEA set that you just have to cut. You have to cut the wood. For. Right. Like you're not you're expressing yourself almost through the instruction than yeah. you are through the piece itself yeah. in, yeah, in exactly. a lot of ways. It's funny, like, uh, and, and I think that's one of the things where, where we do have a lot in common is one, we use similar tool sets, not only because we're sponsored <laughs> by the by the same company, but it's also, I think, we're both interested in that kind of putting ourselves, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, I get all the questions like, why don't you, you know, why don't you have like a you know $2,000 table saw or these things? And it's like, I mean, I have access to those things. Like, I could use them, but... I want to show you what you can do with how right. little, how much I, you can do with. I'm little. interested. My sort of mission is sort of distributing design, and you're sort of distributing. Those, I'm probably doing it a little bit more on the the aesthetic side. And you're doing a little bit more on the instructional side. Yeah. But we're both interested in that sort of. I think where we find our sort of mission is more in the delivering a certain type of useful message to the audience. Yeah. Not just saying, "Look at the cool stuff that I can build." Now that being said. I get inspired all the time. I, there's nothing wrong with just doing cool stuff because that's what's in you. Like I love people that have a more artistic approach, but this is what, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what seems to work for us so far. I'm more analytical about it. That being said though, I do think it would be interesting. Like, uh, and I think it's something not to sort of, you know, tell you what to do or anything, but I do think it'd be interesting. I think your audience would like it. Like if you like once, maybe like, twice a year or once a quarter, like did something that was more, that was less of the furniture. And especially yeah. now that you're building a big furniture library, right? Yeah. Like whether or not you have, you know, once you get to like 300 to 500 furniture plans, whether you have 500 plans or 510 plans, yeah. it's going to matter less. And I think once you build that sort of critical mass where you feel like you have a good representation sample of a whole bunch of PDF plans, it'd be kind of awesome just to see what you just want to, build that might not be furniture or practical at all because again you're using the engineering advantage like yeah. on sort of furniture but you're not necessarily like i'm sure you could do some like izzy swan yeah well kind so, of stuff like a good example of that and i and i this is something that i definitely want to do for sure so right now all the stuff that i've got on the on the website is um mostly very simple stuff i mean there is some stuff that requires a little bit more effort but most of this stuff is very cut and dry um but i would really like to like ever since i've seen that circular table that oh the one opens that opens up, that you just twist yeah i've wanted to like re or reverse engineer that and then like do a detailed plan on this is exactly how you build it oh this damn. Is the, like that'd be that might actually that be table, a cnc worthy project yeah. too yeah because you could cat it all out and then yeah, yeah, because that's got to be pretty precise if you wanted to. Look that that table is ridiculous. It is. Uh, I saw a pretty good video on how it comes together. I'm not sure. Yeah. So if for exactly for those of you that don't know, we're talking about. Uh, I don't know the exact name of the table, but Google it's an expanding. Yeah, Google like expanding round table, and yeah, you'll see a video for it. It's it's a pretty exceptional piece of woodworking, where the table basically changes size simply by rotating this sort yeah. of round perimeter of it. It's a, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's quite the feat of woodworking and engineering. Um, no, I think something like that. Yeah. I think the, 
projects like that, right, like those sort of massive projects are, they're very alluring, but I think they also scare us on the business side of things because yeah. we know that could eat up like three months of time, yeah. you know, or be a back burner project that slows down productivity and revenue in other ways. But being able to take something as complex as that and show someone who might not ever be able to figure that out exactly how to do it, I think that that is what... Like, I really enjoy that. Yeah. The other thing that <laughs> I really enjoy is doing, like, cool projects that my kids would enjoy. So another idea that I had was to do um, – well, one thing that they do up in Michigan now that we're up there is in the winter they have these ice boats. And an ice boat is essentially like a three-bladed uh, small canoe with a, uh, a sail. Oh, it's almost like a sled yeah. rather than a boat. Like it's, it's on yeah. skates. It's like a exactly. boat on skates. Yeah, exactly. So um, my idea was, and you have to have really good conditions for this. Right. Thing. So you've got to have, the ice has to not have that much snow on it. It has to be pretty bare. Right. And then you've got to have wind. So my my idea so was to hold create... a leaf blower. <laughs> <laughs> my idea was to create a an ice boat that would run on a battery-powered chainsaw. Like oh, the Adobe Chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that would be really cool. I've seen where you can uh, kind of hook up like a sprocket with a weight on it so that it, it doesn't, you know, it's not it's not rigid. Yeah. It kind of bounce it can bounce up and down so it's not going to tear your boat apart when yeah. you hit a when you hit a bump or something like that. But I'm coming up with cool stuff like that and then being able to, you know, have fun with the kids or do the do just neat projects that require a little bit of innovative thinking. Yeah. And I think yeah, they're like the they're like functional doodles, right? Yeah, yeah. They're a little bit MacGyver, yeah, a little bit woodworking, a little bit of danger, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of that. No, I would take the blade off the chainsaw. I, I think now that you're doing videos too, I think that's like an interesting step yeah. too. And I also think it's like a good way to keep things from getting too monotonous. Yeah, um, I go back and forth. Right. Can. Well, I go back and forth on that too because I like. Like, people say, oh, do you get bored of doing the projects? And I sort of do when I think about it, like, oh, I got to do, you know, 50 to 60 projects this year, you know, sort of DIY projects. Is that, that how that's, many you're doing? Yeah. Jeez. And that seems like, it seems like a barrier and, and monotonous. But then it's like, when I'm actually oh, doing them and I finish each one, I kind of like it. I feel like it's like a video game. Like, I'm leveling up. I'm adding, like, another piece of content to the library. Yeah. Boom. When I post that YouTube video and get that web post up, I feel like, nice. One more in the slot, that thing adds value to my total media library. I'm looking forward to seeing how people do their own version of it. Um, and it's uh, it's like a nice feeling of accomplishment. So it's like get, seeing the sort of progress feedback from each one of those things individually, kind of that achievement sense sort of, I think, takes away from some of the monotony. Yeah. But I think it's like from like a growth standpoint, uh, it's always the projects that always grow my audience are always the kind of departure ones, like the hot tubs or spiral staircase. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like a chainsaw powered ice boat would, <laughs> would be pretty epic. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for, for, for doing this and, and sharing a little bit of your story. Uh, just a few questions to, to wrap up. Uh, one of the things that we're sort of collecting is there's so many people starting out there and not everyone is, is, you know, Fortunate is us to have uh, tool sponsorships yeah. and hashtag blast. No. Um, so like, what are some of the, one of the things that we've been collecting on the Modern Maker podcast is just a bunch of suggestions 
for people getting started or people looking to get more into the shop of just like what are like the little tools or materials or or little things that are sort of under 20 bucks it could be under five bucks or you know just the sort of like affordable things that make life a little bit easier i mean for me it's i always say get more of those little <laughs> clamps more clamps always yeah. makes everything easier it's the extra set of hands when uh, you don't have anyone to help um but anything that sort of come to mind that, that you sort of use on a regular basis so one thing that I do, um, or that I've had a really hard time with, is um, dust mask. Wearing a dust mask, mm. and I just always hate them. They're uncomfortable. They're yeah. a pain in the neck to put on. Um, so recently, what I bought was this little, like it's like a little tube, like mesh kind of, not mesh, but like a microfiber kind of, just like a sleeve basically that you can wear around your neck, and um, I. Put that up and it's probably not technically for dust mm. but it works just fine and to be honest with you um it's gonna provide better coverage because i'm wearing it more often you right. know what i mean it's gotcha. easy to wear it's comfortable right and um like what good is a dust mask that blocks 100 of the dust if you only wear it 10 percent of the exactly. time <laughs> so that was and that was a uh, a cheap buy i think it was like t- you get two of them for ten bucks or something like that. So me and Jamie got one, and so yeah, that was uh, that and mechanical pencils. You can never have too many mechanical pencils. Yeah, mechanical pencils are. You get that nice fine. I like. Yeah, that. Uh, Chris, nice. Chris Salamone was was talking was suggesting those as well. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 mark that's <laughs> right on the me- on the measurement line and not like a sixteenth of that's an inch right. off because you got a dull pencil. Yeah, especially, you know, I use, like, speed squares, which are kind of chunky. Yeah. And so when you use a dull spe- a pencil with something like a speed square, like, your your line could be, like, yeah. a sixteenth of, or if not almost an eighth of an inch off. So, yeah, sharp me- uh, mechanical pencils are definitely, like, a good thing. One thing about speed squares is uh, if you know how to use a speed square, which I didn't for the longest time, like, until probably five or six months ago, as far as drawing angles mm-hmm. and stuff like that with a speed square, being able to pivot that corner yeah. on the side of a piece of wood mm. and then mark out your angle, yeah. that's, that's saved me in a lot of a yeah. lot of instances. Well, it sounds like you're talking about math, and I think you lost <laughs> half the audience. No. Uh, awesome. What, do you, uh, what, what sort of media and things do you sort of uh, enjoy in this, ma- in this space, other than obviously you know, my awesome YouTube channel? <laughs> um, you said Chris Salamone. I, I really enjoy his channel. He's uh, good, right? He is. It's ridiculous. And not just because I host a podcast with him. He's... I like the the graphics. He's design. Ca- he's yeah. captivating. Yeah, and I feel like this guy spends way too much time on his YouTube videos. Yeah, shout but, out to Chris. <laughs> but he does an excellent job, and uh, more props to him. I I don't know how I found him, but I came across him and watched one of his first videos, and yeah, I feel like I I couldn't couldn't uh, yeah, couldn't it look made away. me feel like all my stuff was like chunky and thick <laughs> and clumsy. And then uh, one of our mutual friends, I think you've talked about in the past, is Anna White, um, yeah, who. Has, who also does this sort of uh, for sure. PDF plan things. Yeah, she was a lot of um, – she was more or less what inspired me to get going in the beginning. Um, you know, I built one of my first pieces of furniture off of her plans, and I was like halfway through it, and I was like, I, this is this is what I do. Yeah, I, I can do this. I can do this. And uh, it looks like she's doing pretty well for herself. So yeah. she, she's, she is a powerhouse. She's like one yeah. of – I think one She's of the, the, the hardest working, just most down to earth uh, 
uh, inspirational people in, in this sort of area. Yeah. And I think what's, what's kind of cool is that, you know, there's these different sort of communities that have a little bit of overlap. And there's sort of the people that focus more on, like, furniture plans. There's the people that focus more on sort of, like, home sort of style blogging with mm-hmm. a little bit of DIY and craft. And then there's the more of, like, the sort of woodworking YouTube community or the sort of making YouTube community. And one of the reasons why I want to have you on is because you're kind of in between those two. You're sort of starting YouTube now, but yeah. you sort of have built your business more around this other sort of PDF sort of plan model. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that there's what's exciting is that there's so many ways to sort of you know do this sort of independent media and making kind of thing. Yeah, and I think sure. the more examples we just sort of put out there, let people sort of see behind the scenes and and realize that it's totally doable if you just look at what you're good at, design a business that eliminates the thing that you suck at, yeah, and just sort of go from there. Awesome. So one thing that I noticed, and we were talking about Anna, but one thing I noticed about her audience is that it's it's the majority of it is women. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I saw her. Is that is does that hold true for your audience as well? Mine's fifty fifty, like really? literally split right down the middle See, within a tenth of a point. Mm. See, for me, it's different on different platforms. On YouTube, yeah. it's well, more male. Yeah, on YouTube, but on the website, it's more it's more women. Yeah, um, interesting, awesome. So, uh, what are you up to uh, next? When's your next video or project coming up? We just posted the the two by four, the bar stools. So I don't know if you meant for that as an entry into our two two by four challenge. We're actually doing a a lot of people do the two by four challenge. Where our podcast is hosting, what can you build with two two by fours? So I think that's like perfect timing. Well, Well, this was three two by fours. It's fine. You can build one and a half bench. We can do a two two legged stool. Yeah, or just do one of the benches. Each bench or each stool took three. Three. three Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because you made the solid tops. Yeah. Right, Which we'll I could probably do with less. But. You're disqualified from winning, but we'll still post them <laughs> anyways. But it's a it's a really cool project. Check it out. Uh, it looks great. I really like how you did the curved top. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting how you sort of cut the curves, glued up the slab, and then ran it all through the planer to kind of clean it up. Um, yeah, yeah. So we that was the the hardest part, or the I don't have the tools to be able to to cut that curve into the the stool. Hmm. Um, how it would traditionally be done. So what I did was I just cut the curve with a bandsaw and then came back and uh, worked it over with the uh, the, the uh, belt sander. So I heard this is a project that you can build for under ten dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's funny cool. you say that. Yeah, well, I gotta tell the story. <laughs> so it's three two by fours. Theoretically, a two by four is what three bucks if you get the premium ones. Yeah. Two fifty to three bucks. So nine dollars. I rounded up to ten. I figured you got a few screws there, and uh, and we'll call it a day. Well, I got called out on uh, in a comment in the comment section that this indeed was just clickbait. Liar! Anybody, anybody <laughs> post such a thing it just has to be a fraud. Well, it, it's interesting. <laughs> it's why I mean, I used to post like, oh, here's a sofa you could build for under hundred bucks, or here's a five dollar bucket stool. And I've moved away from it one because people are assholes and they just. <laughs> call you out but also it's like you just end up getting into this debate of you can't buy just three loose screws that yeah. you need right like you have to buy a whole box and a whole box is this much but then you have 97 extra screws or right exactly. like how do you deal with like partial units it, it ends up getting into this whole esoteric thing where yeah it, it it's always annoying when it's like look it's close enough man yeah and it's like yeah yeah 
But in in the in the grand scheme of things, I think any, any interaction or engagement is is a good thing. Yeah. And quickly, people, uh, the girl who who called me out in the comments that I was uh, that I was wrong about this. There's stain and there's screws and there's uh, the gas money to get to the hardware store and there's oh, babysitting please. fees. Oh, and, oh, really? <laughs> she had bad detail. No, no, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, the funny thing was that as soon as she posted this comment, I didn't even get to see it before everybody else jumped on top of her in my defense. So Go away, Um, troll. (laughs) She lives a happy and well-balanced life. That's right. No, I mean, I get it when when people actually go and try it and and complain and do it, and that makes sense. Um, And obviously, if you have nothing, you have to go buy a full pack of screws and those things. But then if that's the case... For the next project, do they would they then sort of discount that accounting because they still have ninety seven screws from the te- from the leftover from the stool that was more than ten dollars? Yeah, no, they would. So in my PDFs, I've been posting. This is the estimated cost, or yeah. I mean, I'll usually put a range or something like that. Yeah, range range is good. And it's also these things change region to region. Yeah, like it's different in California than it is in Boston or the Midwest and stuff like that. Like things cost different amounts. Or Australia, or somebody yeah. was going to. Yeah, a little and well, then they just bitch at you because it's not like the metric system. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. That. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, where's the best place to find out more about your your plans, your designs, and what you're up to? Check out the website. It's going to be rogueengineer.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Awesome. And which is like the platform where you're more sort of active on? Um, right now it's going to be Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Instagram. Yeah. Facebook's good too, uh, just because you can do a little bit more on Facebook as far as linking and uh, and longer videos and stuff like that. But I'm just, I'm more of a visual guy, so Instagram yeah. is, is kind of my jam right now. Awesome, man. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast.